Jared of the GM live from Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena. You still got about 40 minutes to come on by and register to win a pair of tickets for tonight's game. Come on by. Again, the Predators have arrived in the building, Floyd. The Gold Walk. Crispy will join us in 30 minutes. And, Floyd, I was down in the locker room this morning, and I got a chance to chat with Matt Duchesne and with everybody else in the media. And talking to Matt Duchesne about expectations. And I... I think Duchesne's going to be fine. I think that the problem is, though, is the fans for three years have been sold a belief that Matt Duchesne is the savior of the Predators, and he simply may not be that good. I don't know. But anywho, Matt Duchesne comes in tonight. And I was just saying to you, you think Laviolette starts him tonight so that when they announce him during the starting lineups, the place goes bananas because they've wanted Matt Duchesne for so long? But what if Matt Duchesne doesn't score for the first game? Or the first five games? Or the first seven games? And gets off to a slow start. How's that going to affect him? How's that going to affect the team? And I asked Matt Duchesne about that today, about the idea of, okay, you know, how badly do you want to get off on a good start because of everything that was associated with you signing with the team? How do you make sure you don't put pressure on yourself early in the season to kind of make an impact because the fans are so excited about you being here. You're so excited about being here. So how do you make sure you don't put too much pressure on Well, I mean, I've, I've had – when I got traded to Ottawa, I had just an absolute terrible stretch when I got, I got started there. So after dealing with that, I feel like I can handle kind of anything. And then after that, it was great. I mean, I played probably the best hockey in my career while I was there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to no matter how this starts or finishes, you know, getting better each game and, and – uh, I feel like my best hockey still ahead of me, and, and you know I know that I want to give it to this team, and, and um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be good, but I've gotten a lot better at dealing with that over the years, and knowing when to relax and knowing when to bear down. And uh, for me, it's always uh, taking a foot off the gas a little bit because I'm that type of person to go a little too heavy on it sometimes. So you, you learn to manage it, you know, 11 years in. So I'm excited to to be a part of this team, and uh, I want to bring my best every night here. Floyd, what do we think? One, what do we think the expectation level on Duchesne is going to be like? Two, how do we think the fans are going to react early? And three, how important is it for Duchesne to score? Because even though Duchesne said, hey, I've been in the league 11 years. I know how to handle this. You cannot tell me that he could go through what Kyle Turris goes through and it be okay. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have some giant expectations. And, and I think the thing that makes it harder, and I'm not sure anybody can quantify this, because I'm not sure anybody's been through it. But, I mean, this has been three years coming. It's not like like when he got traded to some of these other places. It's a matter of a trade deadline. Okay, here's a little discussion, a little talk. Okay, trade happens. You're there. Go. Well, this has been for three years the only name, not the only, but the top of the list of every name that we have talked about, both you know, in the off season and in the trade deadline every year. So I think that is the part that is going to really magnify what's going on. And that's the part that concerns me because I don't, I'm not sure that aren't, there aren't a lot of people out there that in their mind see this as, like I said before, I mean, this is going to be a, a 40 goal, a hundred point guy that's going to come in and, you know what, we're, we're changing from getting a little bit more offense and maybe a little less defense, defense, and he's going to lead us to be the highest-scoring team in the NHL. Uh, you know, I mean, I just don't know where it's going, but all of that concerns me. 
I think if he doesn't score early, I think the fans are going to get really restless. You know, it, it's they are the fans can tell me whatever they want to tell me, but they are expecting him to be the savior of the team. Oh yeah, that all the scoring woes that they've had, the power play issues that they are expecting him to come in and save the team. And I got to be honest with you. I kind of think old man Poyle's doing the same thing, too. Like, I think Poyle's so obsessed with this guy because he's always thought that if he brings Deshane in, Deshane is going to just change everything. Because as a GM, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you can't get that obsessed with a guy for that long just because he's a nice player. Well, yeah. Now, you can get obsessed with a guy that's an all-star. That's know, my point. The best player out there, yeah. Yeah, they, no, they, so if you think this guy's going to come in here and change everything you do, yeah. you can get obsessed about him because, like, I'll use Peyton Manning as the example. Like, when Bud Adams wanted the Titans to sign Peyton Manning, and, and Mike Reinfeldt was like, oh, I don't know if we need to sign Peyton Manning. By the way, good, good call, Mike Reinfeldt. But Bud Adams was obsessed with signing Peyton Manning because he looked at Peyton and thought, if I get Peyton Manning, we're going to have a chance to win Super Bowls, and he's the greatest, and he's going to sell tickets, and he, it's bringing in Peyton Manning. And that's why he was so obsessed about it. And I look at David Poyle, and I'm like, David Poyle was obsessed with Matt Duchesne, which then led to all the speculation about Matt Duchesne wants to be in Nashville. Nashville wants Matt Duchesne. Nashville's going to try to trade for Matt Duchesne. Nashville this. And then the, you get the guy. And it's not that I don't think Deshane's going to get the job done. I think he is going to get the job done. But if he doesn't get the job done right away, these fans are going to start freaking out. Well, and, and in my mind, getting the job done is one level. You know, whatever that level is. Okay, you're the second-line center. What do you have to do as a second-line center? Well, you got to do this and you got to – okay, fine. He'll do that. He'll get his however many goals and get his points. The part that concerns me is because of all this buildup, they're going to expect 50% more. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, what did he score last year? 31 goals? 37, I think. 37 goals? 31. That's right. Yeah, 31, I thought. So he scores 31. Well, they're going to want 41 or 45, you know, because that's what he's going to mean to us. If he just comes in and gets his 31, that'll be, you know, more than doing your job. But I think I think we're going to expect him to be more than all of that, and that concerns me because I'm not sure he can live up to all that, and and consequently, you know, even though he's doing what he was brought here to do, there are going to be those that are going to look at it and go, no, that's not good enough. That's not why he's here. Mm-hmm. He's here to get us to the Stanley Cup to win the Stanley Cup. That's why he's here, and and I'm not, you know, that's not. Although he's giant, he's a giant cog to it. That's not the reason. You know, he wasn't the the end all, the be all, the answer to all the problems. So that's what concerns me. Well, it's like PK, right? Like when they were winning, everybody liked PK. But then when they stopped winning, everybody turned around and blamed PK. They would. The power play was a mess last year. How's that PK Subban's fault? But it was. The fans wanted PK out of here. PK, we must have taken 500 calls last year about PK Subban. Yeah. About every day, someone was like, "Did you see that goal Subban gave up yesterday? Uh, that wasn't his fault." Guy, yes, it was. I can't believe Subban. And I think he's going to be the same way. That is, that if they win, they're going to love Duchesne, love everything about him. But if they lose, everything will be his fault. 
And I just don't think he's the quality, he's the quality of player. And I think Deshane's a good player. I don't think he's a Superman, though. But regardless of however, however anyone wants to say they don't look at him as Superman right now or that they don't look at him as the savior of the team, I got, I got the data from the summer of the day he signed and came on our show that tells me a lot of people think he's the savior oh, of the, the team. Oh, the fans think he is. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I'm not talking about every fan. But I think if you just ran one of your polls, you know, I mean, I think that, that they would find that the majority of people think that he is going to be the he's going to be the guy to get us over the hump. Let's take your phones, your thoughts, expectations on Deshane. How do the fans feel? 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. We'll get to your Preds calls next. Crispy at 430. The home opener is today. Live from Pete and Terry's Tavern, Jared and the GM. CSPN 1025 again. New place, season opener. You said you've got to experience how this building gets during the preseason. Do you have to learn to kind of temper your emotions and calm, do anything to calm down? No, I don't think so. I think my first game here at, in preseason felt like my first game. That was kind of my. This is like I've had three games now, and and I've played in this building as a opposition. It's not like I've never ever played here, and I've always liked playing here on the road, even with the uh, with the crazy crowd on the other side. And so it's gonna be nice to have it on our side tonight. And I've played against. Minnesota so many times in my career I know what they're about and because um, from all those years in Denver and um, you know it's uh, it, it's going to have a it feels like weirdly comfortable for some reason uh, it doesn't feel as foreign as other experiences I've had I love Matt Duchesne but the idea of I mean I played three preseason games here so I got that under my belt so I'm good like nah. <laughs> like that's not the same that's not the same Jared of the GM live out at Bridgestone Arena Crispy going to be joining us Coming up soon. Let's go to your phones on Matt Duchesne, unless you have a thought, Floyd. No, go ahead. By the way, how excited before? We, how excited are you though to see Duchesne tonight? You know, power play, everything. I mean, I two two things. Yeah, I mean, there's only two things I'm going to be watching for. To be honest, Duchesne and the power play. There you go. That's I want to see those things. Not Dante Fabro. No, although I'm, I'll be happy to see him. But uh, I'll be in, tonight is a good sports night. There's a lot going on tonight. Let's go to your phones. Bryce is up next on Jared and the GM. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Bryce. Hey, guys. So, first day Duchesne signed, I called the show and said, I hope he's not here just to be in Nashville. I hope he brings his 75 points with him. But if he doesn't, I'm going to be the first one calling the show and saying, I told you so. Because there's a day of. I don't think he's here for the right reasons. But if he does, I will eat my words. And I hope he does. So, I will Thank hang you. up. Thank you for the call, Bryce. I mean, I, is my, I'm not going to sit here and say that I care so much about the Duchesne wanting to be here in Nashville thing, um, only because I don't care about things like that. But it does help you in terms of the salary cap number because he gave you a deal. But I look at that as maybe it motivates him to play better, right? Like he wants to be here and he's wanted to be here for so long and he's here. And maybe it puts pressure on him. But I don't think it's going to be like, oh, now I'm in Nashville, so I'll just party every night and not care about hockey. And remember, Floyd, he came on the show when he signed and was like, look, I am a hockey player. This idea about me and country music and everything that everyone makes me, that's great. I'm a hockey player. This is a hockey deal I signed. So I'm not too worried about Deshane getting all fat and happy about being in Nashville. Yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, I don't see that. Now, again, I don't, I don't know the man, so. I don't know much about him, but I don't see any reason why he would 
all of a sudden do. I mean, getting to a, enjoying where you're living doesn't mean that you quit playing. You know, mm-hmm. you can do you can do it all. Well, I think too. Like, I'm more worried about him putting pressure on himself to perform because he's wanted to be here so oh, bad. more so than I am about him not showing up and getting fat and happy and things like that. Nicholas is up next here on the Preds. Thank you for calling live out at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Go ahead, Nicholas. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. Uh, listen, yeah, I heard your last segment. You're right. Every time something happened, it seemed like PK got blamed. I mean, Floyd, when Mariota got injured last season, it was PK's fault, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it so, was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I hope that doesn't happen with Duchesne unless he deserves it. But uh, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were. Do you think it was a wise choice to trade for Duchesne, or do you think it remains to be seen? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Nicholas. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. Um, I mean, you're going to – look, if the defense falls apart, and that's why I brought up Fabro when you were talking about you want to see Duchesne in the power play. If Duchesne scores a bunch and the power play is operational and the defense is as good as they've always been, which sometimes I think – honestly, everyone makes a big deal about the defensemen. I think the defensemen get a big boost from their goaltender. Like, I think that their goaltender makes them look good, like makes them look better than they are, especially Ellis. But if the defense falls apart and Duchesne doesn't score, everybody will say it was a terrible decision. Well, it was interesting. My, my wife and I were talking about this last night, strangely enough. Because, that does not sound like something you guys were talking about. No, because when we first started doing the show, and I can't remember who we played. I can't remember the results. I can't remember anything else. But we were losing the team, whoever the team was, because they could score. And we could. And Sal kept saying, well, why don't we? I said, we're a defensive team. We're on the, we don't necessarily, you know, have a bunch of that. We're, we're more defensive. And I can remember coming to the show the next day and saying, hey, why would you not find a way to score more goals? Well, we're defense, and we're the, you know, and I'm going, yeah, that, all that's well and good. But if you can't score goals, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're going, we're going the other way. Now we're saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and score more goals. Well, wasn't it Adam Vingan wrote an article last year where the Predators last season had allocated the most money in the league to forwards? Like the most percentage of salary cap space dedicated to forwards last year was the Predators, and then they trade a $9 million salary to go get an $8 million salary to go be a forward from a defenseman. So they're even more so in on doing that with the forwards and stuff like that. But spending money doesn't necessarily mean you're getting production. No, and that's the problem. If if Kyle Turris wasn't bad and if these guys carried their weight like they were supposed to, you never would have had to get Duchesne. You know, I hope Granlin, like I'm optimistic that Granlin will actually have a good year because now he's playing on a line where he's going to be asked to distribute and the other two, Deshane and Forsberg, are going to be asked to score. So Granlin doesn't have to come in and be a scorer. Granlin can be a creator, which is really what he is. So I am optimistic that Granlin can, can come in and have a good year. But Turris and these other guys, I got no faith in. You know, I got no faith. I mean, they put Turris up on the top line in the preseason and hopes to get him going, and now he's back centering the fourth line. And Peter was asked today about that decision and said that, well, Craig Smith played really, really well, so that's why Craig, and I'm paraphrasing what Peter said, but that Craig is the reason why Turris has been dropped to the fourth line to start the season. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Bruce, up next on Matt Duchesne. Thank you for calling Jared and the GM. Go ahead, Bruce. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, I think you're right. Duchesne's a veteran. He knows what to do. His job is to make uh, Grandland better. He needs to make tourists better. And when we're going to have injuries, you're going to bring up Colvin in and all those young guys, and that's what he's there for. So thanks. Let's go get one tonight. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I cannot wait to see what they do with Pitlick and Tolvanen. I think Pitlick is the first guy to come up. I think Tolvanen's the second guy uh, because I think they I think they think Pitlick is more advanced and Pitlick is pretty good. My thing is, are they are they giving some of these guys like their last chances? And by that, I'm really referring to the tourists. And and then, hey, after a while, if Pitlick or Tolvanen lights it up down at the AHL and we don't have a spot for him, I'm going to create a spot for him kind of thing. Or do you have to wait until somebody gets hurt before they give those guys a chance? And then when those guys get up here, are they going to be what the Preds have sold us that those two guys are? Yeah, I mean, I think as far as tourists, I mean, it's not – it's not a matter of when you want to or if you want to. It's a matter of can you. Mm-hmm. And and until they get the can part of it, yeah, we can do that. Then I think that'll. I think I don't think any of that matters. Can you just scratch him? You know, call up, call up somebody. The problem is, is you don't have a center on the fourth line if you do that because you've got rid of because Gaudreau's gone to Milwaukee. Yeah. But if you were to do something like that, and then. Put somebody at center. And well, then I mean, if you're doing that, you may as well just cut him. Mm-hmm. Because if you're scratching him, you're not going to be able to trade him. <laughs> He's not going to have any trade value. You know? I know, but I, I can't cut gonna... him because then i got to eat that money. Well, what are you going to do if you scratch him? <laughs> Mark is up next on Matt Duchesne. Thank you for calling. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. What's up? Um, my take is I think I'm not worried about Duchesne. I think he'll get his 50, 60 points. That's not what worries me. I just don't think it's going to mean up to the fans. I think they're overlooking the big holes on the team. Like, they're really talking about putting the tourists on the first line, possibly. We know he sucks. He hasn't done anything. Granlin, they keep talking about past history. Well, I hope so, but, I mean, look at Kyle Turris. He's done that. you got Fabro, Fabro moving up with Ekholm, so I think Ekholm's going to have to be more offensive. Now that takes away from your third D pairing. I just... I think I don't not worry about Duchesne. I think he'll get his, but it's the other hole that scared me. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, Jeff. thank you for the thank you for the call. There's no doubt the guys last year that didn't play well enough have to play better. Doesn't matter how good Duchesne plays. If the guys last year that didn't play better don't play better, you cannot go into a playoff series and have Rocco Grimaldi be your best player and expect to win. Yeah. And so I I am in total agreement with the caller that now the tourist thing again. I think they were hopeful that maybe something could happen with Turris, and that's why they tried him out there. But Laviolette, I think, has seen enough of Turris on the first line because, again, he's centering the fourth line. Now, Peter will tell you that it's because Craig Smith has played so well that they've got to put Craig Smith on the first line. Um, but, yes, generally speaking, and Eckholm's going to have to – and Ellis has to play like – I mean, I know a lot of people got mad at me. When I talked about how bad Ryan Ellis was last year, you know, swimming around like a goldfish in a fishbowl. But I didn't say that because it didn't happen. So he's going to have to play better. Everybody knows it. His attitude's going to have to be better. Everybody knows it. So the guys that are out there are going to have to play better. I think we can all agree on that. You know what else we can, can agree on? What's that? Crispy is going to have some fire. Oh, he's, And he's coming up next. Live from his bar. 
Pete and Terry's Tavern. Terry Crisp will join us to get us ready for opening day. Jared and the GM. Let me tell you about my buddy, T.J. Anderson. That's right, T.J. Anderson. T.J. Anderson, Holmes, part of Benchmark Realty. T.J. is a huge fan of Jared and the GM. He's also a huge Preds fan. And he's just a regular guy like you, except he is an expert in the Nashville market. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, you got to go with my guy, T.J. Anderson. That's right. T.J. Anderson Homes, they, he's been here so long, he knows the market in and out. So while you think something might be a good deal, T.J. will be able to tell you, you know what, that's a little bit too much. Let's wait. Let's see what we can do. I've seen TJ do it with so many people, and he can do it with you. Also, if you're looking to sell your home again, and I've told the story, TJAndersonHomes.com has thousands of people going there every single day. So go to TJAndersonHomes.com. List with TJ so those thousands of people will see your home too. It's as simple as that. If you don't know who to trust with buying or selling homes, TJ Anderson is your guy online, TJAndersonHomes.com. TJ Anderson, part of Benchmark Realty, my guy, TJ Anderson. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025 again. Jared of the GM live at Pete and Terry's Tavern, and we're joined now by the proprietor of this establishment, one Terrence Arthur Crisp. And the people are excited to see Terry Crisp. Terry Crisp on Jared of the GM brought to you by the Highlands Group. All right, Crispy. Let's start with this. We started the show on this, and I want to know, is this team still a cup contender? Yes. Why? Without hesitation. Because they're as good as they've ever been. They still have Pecorini, number one. Cyrus coming on strong, number two. Our defense core, in most instances, matches up with anybody in the league. And I was listening to you on the way in, and with the addition of Mr. Duchesne, that gives us, for the first time, in my opinion, in a long time, Two first lines that can go out, and other teams have to worry about two lines shutting down instead of just the one Johansson's unit. So, yes, I feel good about our hockey club. Okay. What makes you the most optimistic that you saw during training camp and the preseason going into tonight? You saw that you said, you know what? I feel like this team will be able to hang their hat on that, except for the goaltending, because I know that's always where you will go if I say something positive. <laughs> I, know, I know you're going to yell at me. Coaches or GM's going to know I'm talking about this. To me, it's a gut feeling. It's intangibles. And I walk around the dressing room at training camp. I watch the workouts. I watch the exhibition games. It's, it's got a whole new attitude to what it ended up last year. This, these guys still feel the sting. They feel the sting. You ask them. That early exit by Dallas last year still is bothering them. I love that. That's the first thing I'm hanging my hat on. They want to rectify that. They feel they're... Remember, wasn't it last year they said, keep us together and we can accomplish this and push the mm-hmm. mountain? Well, we knew what that happened on that one. So yeah. they also now look back and say, you know what, guys? We opened our yaps last year. This year, let's keep it where we know where we're at, what we're doing. And I watch their drills. I watch their workouts. And they're flying. They're, they, they've got that little jump to them. And, GM, you know, you can't put it in words or that, but if you hang around a team long enough, you get the gut. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, what, what um, from a technical standpoint, what's the part of the team that you are excited to see go out and perform? Offense. 
I think this year we've got a bunch of guys now with adding Duchesne. And he's not the savior. I heard you talking about And let's don't put the whole ball on his back and make sure that he's the only guy. Crispy, you can say Every, that. Everybody needs help. I'm with you, Crispy. I know. You I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. The fans have been hurt up. And, and, and as a team, that's what you do. You take your stars, the guys in the world. And you want PR out there. You want your fans to know it. You want the press to know it. And Duchesne was the flavor of the month when we were coming down, wanted to sign him for London. He's a heck of a hockey player. We've got ourselves another heck of a good hockey player. But he'll be the first one to tell you, and I heard him tell you, he's been 11 years in the league. He knows what it's all about. He knows what it takes. He's done how to pace myself, et cetera, and so forth. But you're right. The proof is in the pudding. And you, we can yap all we want. But let's see what kind of a start we have. Is that in, in the NFL, the opening day is gigantic, is really big. We only got 16 games. If you play 82 games, is the opening day as big and still as exciting? It is if you're a fan. And if you're a real true fan, it is because they've been waiting all summer. Yeah. Especially if you get an early exit like we did last year. They've been waiting. They want to see what the attitude, what the players have turned around, who's coming to play, what the new guys look like. Do we have a couple guys in Milwaukee going to do it? Yeah, these are all the questions they want answered. So they're coming to the first early game. The first game tonight, I think we're raising a banner, if I'm not mistaken, on the one, whatever it is. The fans of it. You know what? The one thing, the one thing, and you were in sports all your life, you want to give your fans, and I've told you this before, you give them hope. And the yeah. first game is hope. How do we come out of the gate? How do we handle a team like Minnesota who doesn't like us? They go head-to-head with us, and we'll see. How do we answer the bell? That's what the fans are excited about. Plus, it's a nice, cool place to be in when it's 98 <laughs> degrees outside. Yes, it is. <laughs> Crispy, I believe Peter Laviolette made a coaching decision, not because of you, but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if he made it because of Crispy. And that is Craig Smith on the first line. Now, I get that what Peter's trying to do is have two number one lines, and Granlin is more of a creator than he is a scorer, so you put him with Forsberg and Duchesne, who are two scorers, and you say, Granlin, you create those two score. I like that mix. Craig Smith on the first line. He tried Turris there, but now they got Craig Smith up there. Is Craig Smith, now I believe that Craig Smith is a borderline top six forward in the league. I, I'm not as sold on him as you. Can Craig Smith really do this on the first line with Arvidsson and for, with Arvidsson and Johansson and them not drop off what their contributions are? Let's put it this way. This is his chance to prove it. And being the athlete that he is, he's getting a shot of what he has to do. But I'm not sure if the one who stirred the puddle this morning, because I wouldn't doubt you, when they said the first line and the second line and that. That was Joe That wasn't you, eh? That I can't pin me? that. You sure I can't pin that one on you? And they said the coach, that, that, coach that. Lab says, don't be giving me this first line, second line. And you know what? He's right. Because when you just said the first line, I, I don't consider Johansson's unit ahead of Duchesne's unit. But anyway, I, I would put them in, on an even keel. No, I would put Duchesne, even, Forsberg, even and Granlin ahead of them only because I think the best player is Forsberg. There you go. But you, we got two lines now that the other teams have to worry about offensively scoring. We mentioned Smitty. He's getting a great shot. Good guys. Now, Smitty has got the speed to make things happen. Now, if he ever learns to put all the chances he gets in the net, yes, that line will be clicking. But he's got to start. And you heard me throw this word out forever and a day. And sometimes it was then a minute. Sometimes it was finish. There's got to be finish. Chances don't impress me anymore. Shots on nets don't impress me anymore. I want finish. Puck goes over the goal line in the net. How, how much do you see those first two lines rotating around? 
personnel-wise. You know what? Coach Lav is not one that's that opposed to changing it. Right. No, he is not. We, other I, I'm not telling you anything I don't oh. know, if, but he's not. And I love that. It's not carbon stone. Nothing right. says he's handing you a job. Smitty's not handing a job. He'll learn that spot. If he doesn't, you know full well Coach Lav will be looking, say, okay, what have we got to switch around? This year he has a few options. You know how young Sissons has come along. Benino is going to be a force this year. I, I like what I see from Benino early in training camp and late in training camp and now. I just think that the whole attitude, when I look down now, I feel more confident that when we were looking for a goal last year, where do we look every time? Well, is Arby, is Arby and, and Joey and, and Forzy coming out, or are we just going to hope to hold them and get, get them a breather? Now we're not. Now I feel one, two, three can come out and score goals. Yes, we can. Terry Crisp with us. Crispy, what do you think about the power play? You know what? The power play, again, the, we're starting real games. Let's find out in real games what they're up against the best. You're not against half of American Hockey League team and a couple of tryout guys. You're against the best in the business now. That's This is their team, the NHL. Ask me that again in five games. I'll have a better answer for it. I mean, I could spout something off and give you a No. Let's, uh, give me five games. We'll come back on, and I'll tell you what I think. Well, it's like I said to Peter this morning, and I, I asked Duchesne, and they're similar questions in my opinion, but they're different things. And that is the power play, and that is Duchesne's play. And that is if they don't score, like if the power play goes 0 for 3 tonight, are the, fan, the fans are going to freak out. Now, we know the fans and the team are different, but I feel like the fans are going to freak out. If Duchesne goes a week and doesn't score to start the season, the fans are going to freak out. Like uh, my thing is – how do you know you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing, even if the results don't come immediately? Confidence. Have faith in what you're doing. Have confidence in what you're trying to do as a team out there, and you know you'll pull out of it. Uh, the greatest example, and you're going to hear this for years, was the St. Louis, St. Louis Blues last year. Greatest example. They had faith in their team. It wasn't clicking last place, January. But they knew if they stuck with it, the coach came in and said, yes, you guys have got it. Here's doing it. And that's what we have to have. So if... if Duchesne says has a couple games where he doesn't get any. Hey, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. And we know that full well last year. Again, we win a division title out in the first round. That's not what we want. We want all the way. The the power play sounds to me like the biggest difference from a personnel standpoint is going from two defensemen to one. What is that other than the obvious, which is you have more goal scorers out there? What What is the difference Philosophy. None. None. The only Nothing. thing, here's the first thing that he'll throw at you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he, he's a forward. What if he gets caught back there on a one-on-one? He's going to get caught back there on a one-on-one if he's, he's the forward on defense, playing the defensive position. Sure he is, but you're going to have confidence the guy's smart enough and veteran enough to handle that one-on-one. And the first thing the coaches tell him as a forward, don't worry about the puck on a one-on-one. You don't want the puck. You want the guy carrying it. That's what you want. Okay. You cannot... Knock the guy down, steal the puck, and lead a rush. That's not what we expect. <laughs> Please, just take the man and take him out. But the other thing I like is if they get running in the other team's end, then suddenly you got, instead of a defenseman down in front or a defenseman holding the puck, in, you have another forward. It's the guy who come down off the point. He's a forward. He's not in, in, in unknown territory. He's been there before. Terry Chris, with this last one for you, Crispy. In my opinion, the last one. Fabro. <laughs> he goes up to the top four. What is the drop-off without PK this year defensively going to be? Because you can't tell me you just yeah. lose PK Subban. No, no, I'm and not. And I love Fabro, but you can't just lose PK Subban and expect 
to to have the same caliber of defense. Exactly, and, and I'm not arguing that one one, and I don't have a real ironclad answer for you on that. Yes, there are certain areas we're going to miss PK Subban. There are certain areas that Young Fabro will make us stronger and better than what we were before. So time will, but in time, and, I, and I'm thinking around Christmas time, Young Fabro will be one of the leaders on this team on defense. My opinion. Strictly mine. Wow. That is a take right That's there from take. Jerry Crisp. You know what? I, when I think of Fabro, I think of the fact that they, they drafted him in the first round. They drafted Sam Girard in the second round. Then they were willing to trade Sam Girard. And we see the career Sam Girard is starting to have in Colorado, and he got an extension. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I watch Sam Girard play, and I'm like, boy, that's a good player right there now. Which tells me that if they were going to draft Fabro ahead of him, and they were going to trade him knowing they had Fabro, what they think of Fabro. And then Fabro comes in, and, you know, like, I think the Tolvanen situation's kind of burned me a little bit. Not that I don't think Tolvanen's going to be a good player, but I feel like the Tolvanen situation has burned me a little bit to where, like, I, everyone raves about Preds prospects, and I'm like, let me see him on the ice, play some games before I get all excited. I watched Fabro in that Dallas series last year, and I know he was playing third pair minutes. He held his own as well as anybody in that defensive core last year. Total, total. And you know how I hate to finish this statement in agreement with you. So that hurt me more. Gee, I was having a good good day, GM, till I had to say this to him on the air. But I'm in total agree with you. This kid got better and better and better, and he was looking more confident, and he sure hasn't slowed down any in training camp. Well, okay, quickly, I know we're running out of time, but the part of the team that in – December, January, whatever it's going to be, we're going to look at and we're going to go, wow. Yep. And you know what I'm going to say? We're going to say, wow. We might even have a wow from maybe another player or two up from Milwaukee that'll take a job or two because we sent some good kids down to Milwaukee that were right here knocking. So, you know what? Great upside this year. Great look for our team. And like I said, they remember last year. That still sticks in their craw. My man. Good. Terrence Arthur Crisp. Crispy, always appreciate it. How are business sales here at your new bar? I'm not telling you. <laughs> no, you'll want to share. Or, you, or, you'll, want, right or you'll want a free round. Not right a here. chance. Not a chance. We'll see you, Crispy. Jared and the Thanks, GM. Crispy. Right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. A big update, by the way, on the Buffalo quarterback situation. We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM, ESPN 1025 The Game. There's some plays that are similar, you know, core plays that that Brian Dable that that Brian likes, um, you know, and we'll just kind of have to see each week. I think that there's some elements that that change each week uh, when you look at them through, you know, the Jets or the Giants, Bengals, and then New England. There's some some things that change, but you can kind of pull on them from from different places. So we'll have to be ready for a lot of different things. Brian Dable's offense for the Buffalo Bills. Update on the quarterback situation, and that is Josh Allen, their starting quarterback, was limited again today in practice and is still and is still in the concussion protocol. So tomorrow, my guess is, would be when they'd probably need to make a call on whether or not Josh Allen is going to play or whether the backup Matt Barkley will start. The other thing that has to be factored in is that the Bills have a bye week next week, so you wonder if Buffalo would look at the opportunity to rest Allen or to just not put Allen out there for two weeks and then go back to Allen after the bye. But 
Floyd, how does this affect things if Buffalo plays Barkley instead of Allen, and who would you rather play? Because Allen has had a heck of a time this year turning the football over. Yeah, I mean, Allen is a is a typical young quarterback. I mean, he's a, he, he's a runner. He's careless with the ball. Uh, strong arm. You know, he's a... He's a gunslinger. He's going to go out there and take a shot, and you know, a majority of the time, it's it's not a good shot, but take a shot, and that's where he's getting his interceptions and stuff. That being said, he's much more of a running threat. I mean, he's really a good athlete. So it's a matter of you know which one you want to face. The veteran guy is not a runner, but of course is a, a much better passer, a much uh, more accurate less likely to turn it over passer. So there's a reason why Matt Barkley has played on like seven different teams in the NFL. And we know that that reason is that he's just simply not good enough, which is fine. But I guess I'm looking at this or where I'm coming to you on this, as far as Barkley is concerned, is that I feel like Barkley has a better shot to beat you through the air than, say, Allen. But Allen beat you last year. So I don't know how I should feel about these two, but I just I feel like you're probably better off playing Josh Allen only because you've got to play him for a game so you know what he's capable of. And if you play Josh Allen, he's probably going to turn the ball over. And you've done a good job so far this year of not turning the ball over. So I think I'd rather see Allen. I think you're going to get Barkley. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Barkley's a guy, and and I think you bring up a good point about the uh, about the buy next week, because we all know the best thing you can do with uh, concussion is to rest it, you know, give it another week off, and if you could give it two weeks off, then of course you're you're probably eliminate the problem. If you go back out like this week and catch another errant helmet or knee or anything else i mean you you might be in trouble for for a while for an extended period of time so uh i wouldn't be surprised to see that happen you know i don't i'm sure the kid wants to play and i'm sure they want him to play and i'm not sure again of all the hits that you see on a weekly basis that are helmet to helmet i mean i didn't think that was all that vicious oh that was bad hit I thought he hit him with his shoulder, you know. I thought I, I watched that ten times after you said that. I have no idea where you came to the conclusion that he hit him with his shoulder. That oh, was square he helmet on helmet. Oh, no. His oh, helmet went in front. Square. His helmet went in front. Went in front of him. He had caught him with his right shoulder pad. Boom. Now, he caught him good with his shoulder pad. I will say that. Oh, I think he caught him square but, in helmet to helmet. But, um, but again... Who would you rather face? Who do you think gives them the better chance to win? I think it's Barkley. I think Matt Barkley gives the Buffalo Bills a better chance to win on Sunday than Josh Allen. Well, I, I think it depends on, you know, um, as far from a defensive standpoint, he certainly creates more problems because of his throwing, eliminates some problems because of his running. And the other kid goes just the opposite. You know, so I think it depends on which one you, would you rather face. And and the truth is, we've had trouble with backup quarterbacks, and we've had trouble with running quarterbacks. So, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever shows, that's who we got to play. But who would you rather play? I don't care. You got to pick one. Make pick. Who would you rather play, Allen or Barkley? Doesn't make any difference. Allen or Barkley? I just want to know. 
doesn't make any difference. Whoever shows, that's who it's going to be. I think We've it totally it. changes what you do as a team depending upon who the quarterback is. Changes what you do on defense. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, again, it depends on, you know, you want the quarterback that's not going to run on you or you, and and stand back there and throw, which widens the what they can do on offense, or do you want the guy that's going to continue to run the ball like Gore is going to do and and not throw as badly? Now the young guy will give you a chance to get a an interception or two maybe. Gore did not practice today. He was off with rest. So they gave him a rest day on Thursday. But he is old, so there is that. Uh, I, I was talking to Adam Vingan about this earlier today uh, during practice this morning for the Preds. I am of the belief, like I, I have not decided yet, and I really do need to think, think. I really do need to think a lot about who I'm going to pick tomorrow on six-pack picks, Titans, Bills, when I make my official prediction. I think I'm leaning towards Buffalo. Like, and I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. I think it's going to be Barkley. But I am leaning towards taking Buffalo only because this just so feels like a game that the Titans generally lose. Like, this feels like the kind of game that the Tennessee Titans, you see all of the opportunity that is there by beating the Buffalo Bills without their starting quarterback and a team that has really struggled with turning the ball over, and it's a game that the Titans screw up. And when you add in Matt Barkley, I am starting to... I, I have a really bad feeling about this. And maybe it's last year's Buffalo game. Yeah, you're, you're creased from last year or the year before or whenever it was. It was last year. I mean, you went up to Buffalo and you did everything wrong that you had to do in order to lose. And that loss may have cost you the entire season. And I'm with you. I mean, the opportunity is there for the Titans if they win this game. They need to obviously win. I mean, I, I just want them to get on a roll. I want them to just put something together. I know, but as a GM, you know, can't you say you can't worry about that, though? Can't, don't you have to focus on, like, the game-by-game thing? Like yeah, that? but, I mean, we won last week. So that's I am focused on this week. All I want to do is win this one, so that gives us one more two in a row, and then go from there next week. You know what's interesting, though? It's, I think the fans are kind of like us. Like, last year, last year... You had to preach, you know, hey, don't get too cocky. Don't You're three and one going to Buffalo. Don't get too excited about it. And I said if the Titans were going to be the different Titans, if the Vrabel Titans were going to be different than the Malarkey Titans or the Munchak Titans, they were going to go to Buffalo and win, and they didn't. Um, I don't feel like we have to preach that with the fans this year. I think they know what the Titans are capable of doing if they play crappy on Sunday against Buffalo. Like, I think they are very aware of the possibility of losing this game and losing it badly. And and I think that's true with any, you know, middle-of-the-run caliber player. I mean, that's that's the way it works. There are like 800 entries into this uh, Pete and Terry's Tavern uh, game ticket-winning thing. But first, let's load up your phones for Ask the GM. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. 615-737-1025. Ask the GM. Is coming up next, presented by Bob Steak and Chop House and Hello Windows in Nashville. Anything for Floyd, football and hockey are both on the table. 615-737-1025. Ask the GM, 615-737-1025. The best question for Floyd. We're in a pair of tickets to see Bastille at the Municipal Auditorium on Tuesday, October 22nd. That is Bastille 
at the Municipal Auditorium Tuesday, October 22nd for the best call for Floyd. 615-737-1025. Ask the GM is next. It's Jared and the GM live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. Congratulations to Juliet Davis, who is going to the game tonight. She's our final winner of the drawing for two tickets tonight here at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Congratulations to Julia Davis. You have won two tickets, uh, and our people will be, I guess, in contact with you. I don't know how that works. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM. Ask the GM is next. It's ESPN 1025 The Game.